Welcome to this week's episode of the Search with Candor podcast. I am your host, Jack Chambers Ward, and I'm recovering a little bit. I think you can probably hear by my voice, I'm still recovering from my uh, winter sickness, but I'm soldiering on, still recording a podcast. And this week, I am joined by the one and only, the digital marketing punk and digital marketing director at Inner4, Tom Marriott. Tom and I are going to be talking about, basically, being a generalist in the SEO industry, something funnily enough, we have in common with each other, and something that we feel is becoming more and more rare in the industry as we head further into 2023. So stay tuned for that conversation. But before we get to that, and before I have a chat with Tom, of course, Search with Candor is supported by Systrix, the SEO's toolbox. You can go to systrix.com SWC if you want to check out some of their fantastic free tools, such as their SERP snippet generator, hreflang validator, the all-important Google update radar, and if you want to check your site's visibility index for free. That's systrix.com slash SWC, and you get a free trial of some of their fantastic tools, courtesy of our sponsor, Systrix. And speaking of Systrix, I've been speaking to Steve and the team over at Systrix recently, and essentially, they're seeing some successful AI content from their data they're extracting from a few different domains They are seeing some AI-generated content, which, as you probably know, is a hot topic in SEO at the moment, making some real waves, making some big progress, getting some traffic. They're currently looking at some pretty big publishers and pretty big domains who have kind of quietly released some AI content. I know it's been covered a couple of times by a few other places, but Systrix are using their unique way of diving into the data and their incredibly huge amount of data in their database where they can really get a nuanced picture of what these domains are doing, what's working and what isn't. So we should have an update for that in the near future as well. They're also reviewing the current winners and losers across five countries. So the annual Index Watch report will be published on the 17th of January. So later on this week, if you're listening to this on Monday, Trendwatch will be back next week and we'll also have a Sector Watch coming up later on in January, written by the fantastic Charlie Williams. So please do stay tuned to Systrix on Twitter or go to systrix.com slash blog to keep up with the latest updates. And without any further ado, we have the digital marketing director of Innerfor, DM Punk himself, Tom Marriott. <laughs> thank you very much for that i appreciate that <laughs> thank you so much that's an amazing intro i really appreciate that thank you so much for having me on so if you don't already know who tom is as i mentioned digital marketing director of Innerfor, maybe known for your podcast the digital marketing punk cast from a, a little while ago and you're working on a new podcast at the moment you just told me just before we started recording so for the listeners out there what you're working on at the moment in terms of podcasts and stuff before we get into our topic and our broader discussion thank you well yeah so i've just i literally just started i used to do digital marketing podcast and uh, i i loved it that was an idea which i had um since my radio days from years gone by and i said i was going to do a proper a proper podcast about digital marketing then there was a like gap of like seven years where i just sort of sat on my hands hummed 
and things like that. <laughs> and then thought, oh, I should do this thing. So I started it and I loved it. And I've got to the, the amazing thing about podcasts, you just get to meet people and network with people and chat with people, which is great. Including um, our very own Mark Williams Cook, who was on the show a few years ago. Including, <laughs> yes, I did an episode with Mark Williams Cook. I think it was about, it was Google I.O. If it I remember was, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I went back and checked. <laughs> it was Google It was Google I.O. So I think we probably both watched it and then both, it was like a, the first reaction show that I've ever kind of done. Um, and which That was when Google I.O. used to actually do search information mm. they don't do that anymore um so it became a bit pointless after a while um <laughs> you know the actual main event of google io used to be it used to be about search and they'd announce stuff but it's more, more wishy-washy nowadays isn't it but anyway yeah i did i did uh, an episode with uh with mark which was really fun uh, so now i've decided i'm gonna as, as a common trend uh kind of a lot of more micro podcasts happening at the moment um and I wanted to do something that's a little bit more accessible. The idea behind the podcast was to try and make digital marketing a little bit more accessible for the layman. So I wanted to do the same specifically with SEO um, because SEO is still this really confusing beast that people seem to have real difficulty and eat our own fault most of the time as an industry because we make it super confusing um, in certain quarters. We make it really difficult to understand. And actually, when we tear it back to its real roots, it's, it's quite easy to do. So that's the intention behind SEO Q&A. People submit their questions. If they're confused, they can do it anonymously. And I will try my very best in really short episodes to try and answer them as best I can or get a friend who's smart to answer it instead. <laughs> that's what I've got into the habit of doing on this show. It's not a micro podcast, but I do get smart people on to actually talk about stuff. And then I get to learn along with the audience. It's lovely. Exactly. And that's <laughs> one of the great pieces of value that I personally take, you know, um, from doing podcasts is most of the time, it's just me sat there learning from all the other people that are much more intelligent, which would be a, an ongoing trend of this episode, I'm sure. Just all these people that are much more <laughs> intelligent than I, and I just suckle off the nipple of, and wean the milk of all of these beautifully intelligent people. Yeah. I describe myself as riding the coattails of, of many people more successful and smarter than I. <laughs> exactly. As, as, as Newton said, I merely stand on the shoulders of giants. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. In my case, that giant is Mark Williams Cook. So. <laughs> In my case as well. Yeah. <laughs> so let's dive into kind of a, an intro to the topic. We're going to be talking about the fact that both of us, weirdly enough, are generalists in digital marketing and SEO, which is, for in my opinion, I think you agree as well, Tom, like becoming rarer these days, right? We're yeah. seeing kind of the advent of a lot more specialists. Before we get to that, let's dive into your career a little bit and understand about how you became a generalist, how you got here how you became digital marketing director at Innofor and all that kind of stuff. So where did you first kind of start getting into digital marketing? You mentioned a background in radio as well. Is that kind of tying into everything or is that a, a side? No, it gear? does. It, it kind of does outside of me learning, going into the whole digital marketing world, because I think an ongoing trend of what I've done in my career is, and going into this sort of generalist role is I kind of love to teach and kind of convey that message and talk. And that's, I just love the sound of my own voice. That's the big problem. <laughs> so I started in radio when I was at university. Um, I did it completely by accident. I had a really bad day at university, went to a bar and got ridiculously um, inebriated. And um, I ha started having this conversation with this person next to me who was clearly trying to, this is before I was married. 
trying to get my number at some point, which is all very <laughs> lovely. And I clearly this person, bless her heart, wasn't extremely intelligent, started telling me that, you know, she thought the Milky Way was just a chocolate bar and things like that. So I started having this very, I couldn't be bothered with them. I started having this conversation with them. And it was quite entertaining from the person that was sat to my other side who turned around and said, oh, by the way, we're here, we're all here because we're launching this new radio station. I do the breakfast. So do you want to co-host with me? <laughs> um, and I took this person, I clearly took this person's number. I'd had a few drinks at this point, And then I got a phone call at 5am the next morning saying, nice. Hey, where are you? Um, we're about to go live on the air. So that was my start into, uh, into radio. And I kind of developed from there and I just loved it. I got a real bug for the audio world. I'd already, you know, I'd, I'd, I always loved weirdly things like Radio 4. I still listen to Radio 4 to this day. And I kind of love that audio world because it's all very, you can build it in your imagination. So I love that storytelling. From there, I went and worked into um, a very low level agency. I mean, low level. I mean, it was more a sales company. I, not, this is where I get into this CD underworld of sort of SEO. And that because that's where I started, where it was just a case it was package packages of SEO, which were of no value whatsoever on, <laughs> you know, charging milkmen and driving instructors and, and poor souls, you know, a, an inorbrate amount of money to do nothing with their website. And, <laughs> you know, I used to have 500 clients, which I just have to cycle through on a year. And it was horrible. It was horrific. And I just learned so much of the, the horrible world that, that SEO could be. I knew that it wasn't but I knew I, I was in the, the depths of what it could be. And then I moved on uh, and started sort of making my way kind of up this ladder from agency to agency started. So I always had the very low level clients in that first agency up to getting a larger sort of clients in my next agency, really cutting my teeth. And I moved out of SEO from that world and I'd started getting into more contact with Google ads and social advertising and organic social and email marketing. I sort of absorbing all this stuff because and you're probably the same as me. We're of a generation, particularly us, that we're on this curve of technological internet advancement. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we both know the the embryonic stage. We both remember the embryonic the stage of times. Facebook. Yes, yeah. exactly. We both remember those and we remember when things were really developing quickly on the internet and it was really kind of weird and exciting and we didn't know that. And because I was, we were both part of that, I suppose that sort of excitement that we used to get, you know, things like AOL chat rooms <laughs> back in the day and things like that, they were all really cool and exciting things. So that enthusiasm for stuff like that just really stuck with me. So when I came into this world of Google ads, and I think this is where the generalist sort of started. You know, I just love to learn these new things. I remember, I don't know if you remember Shoutcast or Winamp. Do you remember Winamp? Yeah, yeah, music player? Yeah. yeah, and I remember having huge excitement building this Shoutcast radio station because I could. And no one was listening. But this idea <laughs> that someone could take a link and listen to me um, over the internet airwaves was just mind blowing to me. So I just, I loved getting involved and learning stuff like that. And that's where it kind of spilled over into my marketing world. Cause I went into Google ads and just wanted to learn. And I wanted to learn about social ads and email marketing and all these things. And then the, 
like I said, I was kind of a dying breed at that point of generalists, but we both were because now we move into this very specialist and I've built a team of specialists around me now. Um, and there's me, this sort of pointless generalist in the middle that just points <laughs> and says, go do this, go do this. We'll make this happen. But that's, that's kind of the world that we, that, that, that we're in at the moment. And now, you know, I've got clients, I've got a couple of FTSE 100 clients, which we work with at the moment, which is super exciting. And, um, yeah, in, in this world. So I've very much come from the very bottom all the way to the, to <laughs> not the pinnacle by any means, because, you know, I was Mark William Cook above us. So <laughs> we, you know, I've got to, to, to a certain level. Yeah. I think it's an interesting thing where I think a lot of people have a similar kind of story starting off with that horrendous first agency everybody works for and it's just like you're taken advantage of like you said you're you're working 500 accounts at once and you're not spending enough time on any of them to actually make a difference and mm -hmm. i've heard many horror stories from, from guests in the yeah. past and similar kind of stories there sorry my favorite story from those days because i always tell it because i always love it was um they used to have a package which was a money back guarantee package I'm hoping that I never mention the name of this at some point. But so, <laughs> so they had a money back guarantee package. It was like, what we will do is you give us a thousand pounds. And if we get you to the first page of Google, if we fail to get you to the first page of Google, then we'll give you your money back. And in, you know, you try, you go out and sell that to, to, to Doris and to, you know, Ken, the driving instructor. And then yeah. that's a really easy pitch, isn't it? Um, but obviously we just find the most obscure keyword that made no sense. I was going to um, say, yeah, you're not benchmarking that for like, yeah, we're going to, a particular high value keyword, just pick some zero volume thing and just, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Your money is now mine because I've got you on page one of driving instructor as supercalifragilisticexpialidocious or whatever yeah. it is. You know, it's just completely pointless. And and that was, that was the way that they kind of just did things. And it was dirty and it was icky and I <laughs> hated it at the time. And I needed like really hot showers. But I'm so glad I came out of that world. But I just took that forward with me because it, I just, I knew that there was that seedy underworld there and I just knew that it could be so much better. Yeah, definitely. I think we, we encounter that a lot in SEO and digital marketing in general because there is so much of that. There's so much of that chaff, so much of that, like kind of people just straight up lying about stuff or maybe not purposefully lying, but misunderstanding stuff and then selling that onto their clients and things like that. Even some of the bigger names, naming no names in particular, in the SEO and digital marketing world, don't really know what they're talking about. If you actually analyze, you know, their clients that they work with, the things that they talk about on social media and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's something when I gravitate towards the people we've had on the show before, including yourself, Tom, when you see people like you, people like Mark, people like uh, Chloe and Miriam, who I've had on the show before, like what they're doing on LinkedIn, what they're doing on Twitter, what people are now doing on Mastodon and all that kind of stuff. And you actually see them talking sense. You're able to kind of filter through all that and actually pick out like, oh yeah, I should take the advice of this person and follow that person. And they're clearly doing things that are pushing the boundaries or testing something new or putting their money where their mouth is and actually, you know, saying we're trying this new technique at my agency and here's how it's going. Here's results, all that kind of stuff. Or giving legitimate advice that is provable with data and not just doing the big like line go up big graph on linkedin yay client make money like mm, there's no wire axes on that graph that's very interesting isn't it like, yeah yeah, yeah. Up five thousand percent exactly that just 
That looks very similar to just a clip art graph that I can <laughs> I can pick up. Yeah, no, it, it's exactly that. And by the way, I mean, I, I, I'm unbelievably honoured that you put my name in front of any of the with, within any of those people, all of which are very much smarter than I am. But it, it is true. But we we we've kind of all tarnished. I mean, we've not as as a community. The SEO community is so much better than it it, it used to be. I mean, there used to be a an ethos of that we'd have this dark SEO secret locked in the back room <laughs> of our agency that, you know, if you pay us money, then we'll go and, uh, you know, consult the crystal ball of SEO and make your website go. That was the culture of, of SEO at that time. At least there was a subculture of it at, at that time. And we just exploited it. And everybody, now we're kind of struggling with... um struggling with this idea that people have the perception that was the word i was trying to go for the perception that of, of seo in this greater community or out there in the world of, of business that we're trying to entice and do good work for we're tarnished by this brush and part of what i try and do is first of all like I say i i'm i'm very much of this i will not give out this um this as, as dm punk or, or the seo punk i will not give out this advice which is just throw away doesn't really mean anything not actually conclusive on any hard evidence or anything like that i try not to do that because there's so much misinformation about seo out there it's crazy even to this day you, know, you might be looking around and not see it as much but it's certainly i i still see it so so much about misinformation or seo and what I try and do is just to, first of all, demystify it. So strip back all of this rubbish technical talk that can sometimes go around and that doesn't even mean anything. You know, it's the same kind of talk that you'd get in <laughs> other marketing meetings, I suppose, in, <laughs> in other cases, you know, those kind of business meetings where it's all cliches and, and doesn't really mean anything. I try and strip that out a little bit and just make it as clear as possible. And that can be difficult because some concepts are difficult. Um, but if you strip away and look at SEO in its rawest form, really super simple. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's something interesting that, again, you and I have that kind of parallel where we've ended up being generalists. I'm yeah. very much an SEO generalist. I have very little PPC experience uh, or, or paid social or anything. I did a little bit of it in previous roles, but I really, really gravitated towards SEO far more. And I think it's interesting, you're kind of the digital marketing generalist, whereas I'm a weird way more specialized but still a generalist in just seo and there's layers to this right where you can see like oh i'm a technical seo but some people focus on a very specific part of technical seo and they are like incredibly good at a couple of things but don't know the wider picture so do, do you think that's kind of where we're losing a lot of people being generalists and kind of learning a bit of everything because of the way career paths are kind of carved these days and the way, you know, people are churned through different agencies and stuff like that. You get people who are like, okay, we need one person to do one job because like you said, if you're building a team, it makes sense to have, and I think we do here at Candor as well, as much as you do in, in Innerfor, we have specialists who cover certain areas. And then me, um, I think a couple of other guys on the team are kind of generalists, but do tend to specialize in either content or technical or, you know, PPC and, and that kind of thing. But do you think there's a particular reason for the whole industry to move towards specialists or was that kind of inevitable in a way? I think it was inevitable as, as digital marketing matured and became more complex and became more convoluted. And it did simply because, I mean, 
the basics of marketing have never changed, you know, <laughs> not really. We, we just want to grab attention and make people uh, think um, that's, that's essentially it. But because we have more channels and because those channels have further depth and we had to create specialists. Um, however, that being said, I think the position of a generalist is, is really valid and valued because what can happen is that you can cause, if you just put a series of specialists in a room, you know, I'd think about that old, a, an old British sitcom, um, Yes Minister. I used to love Yes Minister when I was a kid. Um, and I think about when they were talking about this grand um, transport manifesto that they were putting together and they said, and they said, oh, well, let's get all the great um, civil servants of each sort of type of transport, put them in a room, have a conversation. And obviously there's, there's um, airport, you know, air trans transit in there, there's um, rail transit, there's road transit, and there's just a room full of people saying, well, you should take money away from them and you should give it to us. And no, well, no, <laughs> you should go and take money. That can happen. And you need the generalist, the, the marketing 101 person in the middle, which is what I try and position myself as, um, to be able to take that top level view with a business sort of knowledge on top of that and go, okay, well, no, it makes sense to push this further for this client for X, Y, Z reason, push this further for this channel in this direction for X, Y, Z reason. So that, I think that gen, that generalist position is still really, really necessary with that level of digital marketing knowledge that isn't an expertise in, in any what, such field. And I will never say that I'm an expertise in, in any such field. I'm the same <laughs> as you. I sort of, I actually move my expertise around a bit because although I started in SEO, I kind of left, I turned my back on SEO for a bit and looked at Google ads and focused more on Google ads and social media more because at the time the demands required it when I was in, in, in clients. And so I learned quite a lot in there, certainly in the Google ads space. Um, and then I turned around one day and said, but I love SEO and <laughs> I want to be part of that again. And so I turned back into it and faced it a little bit more and wanted to look, try and engage more. So I think it's still important. I think that position should still be there. And there's still a position for generalists out there. I really do. Do you think there's an advantage to having a generalist in every team? And specifically, you mentioned yourself as a director. I'm obviously, you're pretty senior in, in a fall, whereas I'm far more junior here at Canada. Comparing that to how our kind of roles balance in an agency, is there value for generalists at every level? Or do you think the generalists are kind of most effective when you're in that kind of middle kind of manager, senior kind of role? Where, like you said, where you're able to have a kind of broader, bigger picture overview. Is there value for someone starting out in digital marketing in general or SEO now and kind of carving themselves out as a generalist for I guess you don't really carve yourself out as a generalist on purpose, but you know what I mean? Like, is there still value for people starting in 2023? Well, what I've done um, when I've, so I think about how I've been building my team is the, the good thing about me and my position and being a generalist is that what I can do is I can bring young people into my team because I don't have to bring expertise into my team that have, that have developed elsewhere. I can bring really young apprentice people, essentially all my team has, has started out as apprentices and I can lead them so far that my knowledge allows in, a, in an expertise area, in a specialist area. And I can also, it means certainly with, with apprentices, they don't even know what their passion is. So I can kind of go around and go, oh, here's this area and here's this area. Do you like this area? What about this? 
um, I can kind of do that and then they kind of latch onto something and then I can lead them as far as I can with it to give them enough. Because that's a generalist for me is not just someone that goes, I have this one knowledge idea of what this particular <laughs> channel is and I'm just going to beat you over the head with it until until you uh, until you you know we get success that's not what it is what a generalist is is someone that knows enough about enough uh, one thing to be able to then take that knowledge to an extra level if they so wish to okay you know so take take for example a technical seo is a prime example of this you know you can have a certain base knowledge on technical seo um but by no means have i got this this range. I mean, we're, we're really building up Mark's ego. I think we need to reel this in a little <laughs> bit. But there's no way that I have the range of expertise and the depth that Mark has um, to to that level. Um, so I can lead them so far that they can learn enough and then they can take themselves further and, and, and really push themselves even further to become that a- a- expertise. And that's what I try and push them to do. Um, so I like that growth. To be able to be able to do that, because I'm this generalist, I can take them so far, and then they can go and let themselves go. Yeah, I think that's really key to again, like we said, crafting that team. Right, I think it's the advantage of an agency, and I've said this so many times. Compared to whether I'm talking to clients or other people who work in house, there's there's advantages and disadvantages from both sides. But I think the power of an agency, unless you have a massive in-house team that is full of, you know, you're working, like you said, for a FTSE 100 brand or something like that. You tend to have a handful of people in a marketing team, one SEO person who is kind of hoping the best and trying to get buy-in from developers and executives and all that kind of stuff. But having an agency where you have a team of, you know, in our case here, like half a dozen to a dozen people, bigger agencies where you have 50 to 100 people as well, and you can really kind of get a broad idea of, oh yeah, we have a technical SEO group. These three to five people are the best at this thing. And when you're working through, you know, you bring on board a new client, you'll do start off with audits and having a look at the site and have the technical people do the technical audit, the content people and the, and the writers have a look at the content audit and do all that sort of stuff. Do you think there's value in there for like on the other side, I guess like freelancers also coming from that generous perspective and being able to kind of cover some bases in certain ways, or do you think it's most effective in a kind of agency setting where you've got you've got the specialist to kind of lean on as well, I guess? So, well, we actually work in both ways. So we we have that internal team of core specialists in areas, but there are certain there are certain aspects, certain specialisms which we do we do outsource, and we we have freelancers that we work with that are amazing. Again, just amazing freelancers that we're able to to work with um, to be able to do that. And again. I suppose where I position myself, it's a complete jack of all, master of none. But it's where I position myself is I kind of end up not being the marketing person. I end up being the person that kind of pulls strings and makes sure you're you're all having conversations with each other that you should do. You know, content and technical in particular should be having those conversations with each other to make sure that those two marry up. And you don't want them just going off in two different directions. Um, so. Again, you need to have that base knowledge to know which each party is coming from and then make sure that they're all communicating correctly, which is, I'm a router, essentially. I, mean, I'm, <laughs> I am your in-house home router, just firing pieces of traffic to the relevant devices in your home. That's, that's how I see myself in, in the agency, which I think, I mean, some people might turn around and go, Tom, you're completely redundant. I, and maybe one day that'll happen to me. <laughs> they turn around and go, you're just completely redundant. Why do we have you? Um, 
but at the moment, I see I see it working really, really well. Um, just having that extra layer of generalist as as just a little bit more harmony between all those parties. Yeah, I think agencies go in a few different directions. Whether it's with like account managers or project managers as well, there's that, like you said, that extra kind of layer to make sure communication to the client is going well and that's all clear and understood and that's a whole kind of element to it as well do you think communication skills are particularly important for a generalist in that kind of setting it sounds like like you said if you're talking to different people about different things you need to understand how to communicate different subjects to different people in different ways and understand their learning styles and their expertise and things like that so explaining a technical thing to a content person is different to explaining content to a technical person and having that, you know, being able to bridge that gap, right? That's exactly why I, part of the reason I do what I do, I post these videos on Instagram, I post these videos on TikTok because I'm trying to take those complex convoluted ideas from all these smart, um, smart people and I'm trying to just break them down into simpler without taking away the value of it, you know, taking away what, what it actually is. And Equally, we spoke about a project manager and that project manager's role. You know, I don't position myself as a project manager um, because a, a project manager should be able to be in the nicest way possible, completely devoid of any expertise mm. in the field and, and channel itself because they should be focused on communication relationship with their clients, their business requirements, their business needs. And then I act as, I suppose in, in Agile, it's kind of a scrum, they, they call it that scrum master role to be able to be able to negotiate between the business requirements and the internal requirements. It's kind of that role that, that I, um, that I kind of fit, but yeah, being able to sort of take those complex ideas, break it down as something similar, be able to convey that appropriately to whoever needs to know it. It's quite a really key tool. Um, certainly in my, in my area, because there are certain things that cross you know, are, are completely competitive together. Certainly when you go from Google ads into SEO, there's almost two complete diff completely different lines of thinking, um, that you have to be able to bridge that gap between the two. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing. And something I talked about with Tom Critchlow when I had him on the show, that importance of being able to understand, like you said, understand enough to communicate that clearly. And as you're doing on social media and stuff, breaking it down in layman's terms, I think that is so key for especially the early stages of client relationships, right? That, that onboarding phase, the proposal stage, all that kind of stuff, where you're first introducing yourself and your team and your agency to that client and why they should, you know, sign a contract with you rather <laughs> than the agency down the road or across the world or whoever it is. And I think having somebody who is kind of like you said, you have the project managers, account managers, uh, Mark, again, not to put Mark on too much for a pedestal again, but he worded it in a really interesting way a few weeks ago. He had a um, a chat with us all and kind of like understanding because we've, we've grown quite a bit in the last year and stuff like that and understanding where we all are in the agency and having those people who are essentially like advocates for the clients within the company. So you have the account managers who, like you said, probably couldn't run a technical audit, but that's not their job. They don't need to. Their expertise is in communication and understanding and working empathetically with the clients and understanding their business needs and balancing like, yeah, we could spend a hundred hours sorting out your JavaScript, but really is that hundred hours actually going to make a difference in terms of profit, traffic, revenue coming in, all that kind of stuff. So I think there's a real element of, of prioritization there as well, right? Exactly. And again, that's where my role typically comes into this because you do get, and I'm not going to name any names, 
you do get individuals in the SEO space to get again to refer back to technical SEO. You know, they're really passionate on I don't know site speed, okay, <laughs> site performance, site speed, and they can. And because now it's tangible with like web core vitals and those metrics, because it was never that tangible before, they can they can become so anal into I must get this site. We need one hundred percent speed on every page. Pre precisely, yeah, yeah. No CLS whatsoever, and I'm going to make sure <laughs> that contentful paint is under this. They can get really and by doing that, they could absolutely blow hundreds of hundreds of hours trying to rip out every piece of javascript and and in in the site until it's just a white page with text on it you know they could do that and there's a balancing act between that too and that balancing act is typically between a project management level and my level to be able to go okay well technically what we're trying to achieve is x and that's where that's the and i've got the project manager going yes but the client only has so much money and they want results so what are you going to do to be able to achieve and balance those between the two and that's the conversation that, that we have to make sure that we can just contain that and always have a focus on output and priority and, and actual results. That's, that's the plan. Yeah, I think that's something I really struggle with sometimes when I'm head down on a project and I'm scheduled like it's a one week thing. I'm doing this audit all week and that is what I'm focused on to really kind of pull yourself back a step or two and get the bigger picture and understand like, why am I doing this? What is what what is the actual output? What is the deliverable? What is the client expecting to see? Is does the client want a presentation? Do they want an Excel? Do they want a Word doc that breaks it down into different sections? Like what's the actual most digestible version of this data? Like some clients maybe they're a bit more experienced, they're already in the process, maybe they've worked with agencies before or they themselves have worked in digital marketing and I've got a couple of clients who I've worked with where we like, oh yeah, this needs fixing on the site. I trust you. Here's here's the thing I found. Off you go, and I trust them to sort it. And some of the some other clients I've worked with previously who are, as you said, marketing one hundred and one. They are far more like traditional marketing and have worked in maybe like paper marketing and all that kind of like working in magazines and stuff, but don't have much digital experience. So you throwing, oh yeah, CLS CLS is zero point six. They'll be like. I don't know what CLS stands for, let alone what 0.6 means. That sounds bad, I think. Should it be one? Should it be zero? I'm like, I don't know. And yeah, being able to turn that into an actual digestible piece of information, I think is such a key skill, especially when you're presenting clients or even if you're in-house and presenting it to people who, like you said, and again, something I talked about with Tom and, and Tom mentions in his SEO MBA course is understanding where you're going to get the buy-in from. There's no point telling, you know, the director or owner or CEO of a company, we got 500 clicks this month more than we did last month. To be like, cool. How much money did that make? Oh, I don't know. I just, I'm just presenting you the clicks. Like they probably want to know about the money side of things. Whereas maybe if you're speaking to an in-house and you're working with their SEO team, they want to know, oh, we're ranking for these keywords. These have improved over this period of time. You can get a bit more granular there and stuff like that. Do you, do you find that difficult and, and kind of that key role of translating everything for different levels, right? We, we love, look, if, if we're in this role and we're in this industry, we love what we do, right? We, we, and because of that, we get so passionate about it. And yeah, occasionally we can get really anal about certain things, but we do sometimes forget to take that step back and just go, 
okay, well, there's this, there's a thing that we've got to do here um, and we've got to achieve and we've got to make sure that we're doing the the right thing and translating that and communicating that can be really difficult. So I got told yesterday um, by, by a client manager, took me to one side and said, Tom, you have basically asked them to do a, a, a seismic job that they need to do. Okay. The client themselves needs to do. And I, I got sat down and said, Tom, um, the, the client is overwhelmed. <laughs> so they just, they, that you're throwing so much at them. Yeah. Um, and you've explained it and, and that's great. But, you know, now that it's too much and you need to reel back. And I went, right, okay, I, I get that. I got, we all got a little bit overexcited. We saw this <laughs> big, massive opportunity over here and we just thought, let's go. And we, you know, it, we needed to communicate that properly to be able to take, just take that step back and take measurable steps to be able to be able to get there. So um, communicating that properly is really, really important and being able to boil down that technical stuff to be able to be accessible, really, really key as well, which is what I want to try and do because we, we are, we are the we are our own problem in as a community <laughs> as an industry because we do try and dress it up. I cannot remember who posted. I actually saw a post on LinkedIn this morning, basically just saying, you know, we we really dress up a lot of um, a, a lot of what we say um, when it comes to you know just this is on page SEO. It's not da 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 da. You know, it's not this weird technical stuff. Um, and we do do that. We're really bad at doing that. Trying to be overcomplicated and over over. Um, yeah, just overcomplicating what it is that we actually do and what it is that we want that what we want to achieve is not necessarily how we need to dress it up. Just saying words at some point. <laughs> I think there's a big element kind of coming back to what we were talking about earlier with a lot of people who are maybe not so honest in the services that they provide and stuff like that, and trying to do the big upsell, right? Of like yeah. coming up with some big fancy phrase like you mean keyword research, right? Like that, yes. that's what you mean. It's like, we're optimizing your customer journey for blah, blah, blah. It's like, I mean, you are, yeah, but you're just changing page you're, titles to further match yes. search intent. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah you're, you're just changing the background color of my homepage. That's what you're, <laughs> that's what you're doing right there. Um, no, exactly that. And, and again, another reason why we've got ourselves in this situation is because we've, you know, there are certain this seedy underworld of, of, of SEO or digital marketing in general, which is we're just going to say some really complex, convoluted trigger keyword buzzwords um, to flower this up to make it sound like we're doing a, a huge amount and an awful lot. And well, we don't need to do that. Sometimes just doing those things that are e really easy and simple go a long way. And if you don't convey that to your clients to just say, we're going to do some keyword research, that sounds like a little, small, little tiny job, but actually it allows us to do all of these wonderful, yeah, lovely things. Yeah. Then if we can convey that properly, then we can get so much more out of our customers and a lot more trust out of our clients and customers as well. Yeah, something you mentioned earlier as well was how you can you can there's real value in going back to basics with so much of seo right and like we said people try and upsell with some big fancy thing but actually starting off with something as simple i just mentioned it like page titles for example oh turns out say on an e-commerce website all of your page titles like category pages are just category brand name category brand name category brand name and not actually the thing that holds those products like what are those products categorized as and I've seen it so many times when you just do 
the tiniest little thing and and then make a site-wide review of like let's have a look at just all the page titles of what are you actually saying to people when they see your pages on the SERP what is that initial reaction to it that first impression you're making and tiny little changes on that can make such a big difference and then you build up to wider concepts expanding and building content hubs and 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 bigger projects and like you said you get that moment where like yeah they're feeling a bit overwhelmed breaking it down into individual little steps and i know i have to do this for my to-do list personally like being able to tick off little things of like okay i've crawled the site now i've exported it now i'm looking at this thing now i'm looking at this thing like having those steps is so key for me to then kind of process that data myself and i think a lot of people have a similar kind of thing of don't just throw here's 15 things to do in no particular order yeah they kind of need to be prioritized and broken down it, it, it's exactly that i'm gonna <laughs> look, i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell the story that i uh, that i told because uh, that i told before but i'm gonna give it some more detail so essentially um for this particular this will show if any of my uh, colleagues actually listen to this podcast <laughs> because they'll turn around and go what did you do yeah. <laughs> um, so Essentially, what we were talking about in this instance was a, a, a fasted navigation on an e-commerce store to be able to take, um, you know, a, a typical category, a hard-coded category of, um, let's not use the example of the actual customer, let's say something like a Nike trainer, okay, that's your category, and we'll be able to create using some form of fil- filtered fasted navigation. Um, a, a landing page for blue Nike trainers. Okay, and Nike trainers is the go-to always for for SEO examples. Isn't, isn't it? Just, I just realized yeah. it, it's the it's the textbook go-to, <laughs> even by Google themselves, I believe. Um, but we cre- we create that page using, and you know, even just using the term fasted navigation and stuff like that is just like for certain clients and customers, it's like what what are you chatting? Like what is that? And obviously it's complex, it's convoluted. They need to get their product data right and they need to understand how options and filters and all those kind of attributes work. And I get that. But on its basic level, what we're trying to achieve is a page which allows you to rank for X query, which without creating hard-coded categories for every single one of these, which you don't want to do and I don't want to do, we're going to do it in using this this way and this strategy, which is you know common amongst lots of e-commerce. That's what we're trying to do. But obviously, because we'd not conveyed that, and I'll hold my hands up, we'd not communicated that very well. They were like, you're asking us to do all this stuff to like thousands and thousands of products. And I don't really know why. And <laughs> I really, and, and now I just don't want to because I, I don't know why. And you're just asking me to do loads of stuff and I pay you loads of money. So why am I doing it? You know, that's what happens. And that's what we get to. So communicating that's really important. Yeah, I think having that kind of, like I said, the way to break it down and prioritize it can be so important when, even if you're communicating to people who are, you know, of similar knowledge and and in in other teams and things like that, like I said, it's a key part of me doing my day-to-day to to understand, okay, I know I'm recording a podcast with Tom at one o'clock today. I know before that, I need to go and set up everything, make sure the camera's working, make sure the mics are working. Uh, For example, I had a bit of feedback and buzz on the last time we recorded on using this microphone. So we need to make sure I test that first, plug that into one out input, make sure that input's not the problem, then test the cable that it's plugged into and really kind of like problem solve every piece of it and understand where could we be going wrong there. And I think that's, you can apply a similar kind of thing to communication. And 
whether that's you know coming from a generalist point of view or from a specialist point of view being able to problem solve that thing across and say okay where's the the weak point here where's the mistake where's the the issue that i've made or somebody else has made whatever it is is such a key part of understanding again bigger picture stuff and understanding that whole kind of process right i think you've hit on such a key part there which is the problem solving element because i think one of the this is where i get all the backlash as well I, I i do this a lot one of the things that happens with specialists in particular is that when they are faced with a problem they will go with a specialist solution and what i mean by that is is, is sometimes it's the the arrow in their quiver which they always know just works <laughs> and that's not necessarily solving the problem that's in front of them that's just something that they know that might work that's worked for them in the past rather than just reverse engineering this problem and going okay well the factor could be x it could be y it could be something else which is not solving the problem and i think from, from that's what i always try and do is just look at this pragmatically and just go this is the problem so therefore, the solution doesn't have to be this fancy pants thing that you're very, very excited about. It just has to, it Occam's razor. Occam's <laughs> razor, yeah. The simplest solution is usually the, is, is usually the solution. So the, the generalist in me in always, always goes back to Occam's razor for me, which is just making sure that we, we're dealing with the very simplest solution that's, that's in front of us. And just because we hear hooves doesn't mean it's always horses. It could be zebras and things like that. <laughs> You've got to think about a generalist has got to think about it in that very pragmatic problem solving way, which I think helps. I think it really, really helps and adds an extra layer of value. I'm useless in everything else. I'm, like I say, I'm just a jack of all trades, but at least I can do that. <laughs> I think that's a key part to diagnosing and stuff as well, where like, like mm. you said, you have a, a somebody who comes to you from one of the specialist teams and says, hey, Tom, we're having this issue. We don't know why but you've got experience with other channels and other sides to it, you can say, oh, actually, what the client has done or what we have done or whatever might have affected that in some way. Like, <laughs> oh, the way we've changed this thing for the paid side of things or a social media post, that has actually influenced, have you looked into this channel or this other side of it and all that kind of thing? Exactly. Perfect example is is if you do paid ads or you do uh, and you've got you've got a paid ads team and you've got a conversion rate optimization team. Okay, the conversion rate optimization team is not working on this particular client for whatever reason, and the paid ads are coming to me and go, "Oh my goodness me, our ROAS has dropped through the floor. <laughs> We're just burning money on a bonfire now, and we weren't doing this six months ago." So, I, and, and so what we want to do is we want to create twelve more campaigns and we want to do them all brand awareness with no manageable campaign you know objectives whatsoever we just <laughs> want to throw more money at this problem and then you look at it properly and you go well that's because the add to cart button's broken <laughs> and, you know <laughs> no one's no one's buying anything you know something as simple as that i think is a probably an example of, of those situations that can happen you've just got to get those two teams also working together and making sure you're bringing in the right people at the right time yeah definitely i think when you're head down like you said you're staring at google ads and you're saying like ah, the roas is down we've not changed anything like the landing page seems the same like we've not changed anything there as far as i know the seo team haven't changed anything we're like oh the external developer might have changed one tiny little thing and accidentally knocked something slightly out and then like you said suddenly the add to cart button doesn't work or we mentioned CLS earlier, like suddenly there's a massive layout shift and you get the button that moves around and 
again the example that google always gives right is the people accidentally buying stuff when they're trying to cancel stuff the cardinal mm-hmm. sin of cls where they say oh no, no i want to cancel the order and then it loads and they click yep. buy and they commit to it and they spend money accidentally oh dear <laughs> oh dear people should just be more patient that's what i say yeah. i mean this should, should just this should wait a little bit or just have better better internet connection on their mobile <laughs> phone or upgrade their mobile phone because their phones uh, <laughs> get on 5g that's what we say yes exactly which i never get i never get 5g anymore I used to only get 5G if I'm in my office or my proper office, not my home office, or in Manchester. (laughs) Got to be really in the city centre to get that 5G coverage, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Well, let's wrap things up. And I guess we'll finish off with a bit of advice. So you, as a more experienced journalist, like I said, being a digital marketing director yourself, and what advice would you give to somebody who is looking to get into digital marketing and SEO from a generalist point of view, they kind of want to poke each different channel and have a look at all the different options and and where are some some good places to start in terms of learning and getting into it and getting that broader picture of digital marketing as a whole. That's, that's such a good question. I think my first piece of advice is you've got to take your ego out of the equation. Ooh, so, that's a good one, yeah. So I, uh, in my younger years, okay, <laughs> just back in the day, <laughs> you know, my ego would rule everything that I did and and I'd be very conscious of how people perceived me. I wanted people to perceive me that I was very intelligent and I knew everything. And I realized that that was just crap. And <laughs> and I had to I had to remove my ego. And that's why I say that I I don't know everything about SEO. I I don't I there are so many more people that are so much more intelligent than me on these areas, on Google ads. Um, and these people are, are on LinkedIn and they're on Instagram and they're on TikTok now. Um, and they're so much more intelligent than, than I am. I, I, but what I do have is ears and I do listen to these people and I listen to them carefully and I try and absorb it and I try and place whatever knowledge that obviously you have to have your own little bullshit filter, <laughs> you know, to kind of make sure that that's that that's real because you can be you can be very aware of that so make sure that that builds in and then apply it if you don't apply it you don't know um either so you've got to you've got to also try and apply it in your own instances and if someone's out there trying to be um trying to move into a sort of a generalist role the best way of doing it is by going and doing an actual project of which you are the everything okay so i've been in very very small agencies when I first started at Innerfor, I was the digital marketing team. Mm. Okay, the people doing digital marketing before were the were the people that were selling it, which is just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> and, and so I had to take these and be everybody, which is why I had to go and learn and do this and do that and, and go and learn everything. Um, so go and do a project and apply those. Try and do some some SEO and do some content marketing. And write. Try and learn everything that you can about um, copywriting, and then if you know if that does well, and maybe it's a, a niche site, or maybe it's an affiliate site of some kind, and you know, go and do some Google Ads to drive traffic towards that, some social media advertising. Go and try and boost your brand and your profile on on social media, which is my sort of key focus at the moment. Where I'm trying to get my head around all these algorithms mm. on TikTok and on Instagram to try and build those. Just go and do because there's no other way of learning. Um, 
than going and doing and just <laughs> listen. Listen to all of those people. We're so free. We don't have that box in the back room of digital agencies anymore where the secret recipe of SEO is <laughs> hidden away under lock and key. We don't do that. The community is so open to sharing their thoughts, sharing their ideas. So just put that ego to one side, listen, apply, and um, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll learn and absorb so much. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. There's a quote I've always kind of lent on for this kind of stuff, which is, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And yeah. that is such a, that was such a learning experience for me coming from like so often in previous roles, I was the most techie person in the room because I'm a nerd. Mm -hmm. Like you said, we, we kind of grew up with that age of, oh, I've known computers most of my life, but I also remember before computers. So mm -hmm. I remember the age before the internet and the age of dial up and all that kind of stuff. I'm, yes, I'm in my thirties. That's the thing we remember <laughs> where you have to understand again, that problem solving thing you can understand i remember how to fix a printer because i've fixed a few printers in my time i end up being like do you remember bubble jet printers i, I probably still don't understand the concept of bubble jet printers <laughs> but yeah i think you're totally right surrounding yourself with smart people whether that's spent other generalists or specialists i think and that's a key part of building that team of specialists right there there's a big <laughs> chance that you know everyone at canda or everyone in 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 a four knows their specialist subject more than you or I as generalists, yeah. but we mm -hmm. have that ability to kind of dip our head in this way and focus that way and be able to translate and communicate and stuff like that. And yeah, I've, I've found that like a, at first I took it as kind of like, Oh man, I was so used to being clever. And like, I was the special kid at school and did really well at maths or whatever it is. And then you learn that actually uh, being, being the big fish in a small pond actually is probably bad for that fish and stunts your growth and actually moving out and I'm going to keep with the fish analogy, get a bigger tank and then suddenly you're able to grow a bit more and learn from other people who know more about their thing than you do and probably you ever will because they've been doing that for years and years and years or decades in some cases and you can learn from that and that's totally what I do with this podcast. I know that's your plan with, with your podcast as well is learning those things and getting specialists on and getting people who have been in the industry for years to absorb that information. And like you said, chuck your ego out the door because there is so much stuff to learn and there's so much value there from being part of this community. And I think that's been a big, huge thing for me since I've started working at Candor and become a more kind of active member. And obviously hosting this podcast certainly helps <laughs> being an active mm. part of the community. So yeah. There's my little piece of advice for you there, listeners, as well. <laughs> I 100%. I concur. I just concur 100%. And I think, like I say, keep having that ego, putting that ego to one side is really key. And that's one of the challenges, okay? One of the biggest challenges about being a generalist, I suppose, is you do, you do have to be able to not try and, although you do have to know a little bit of everything, you have to not have to let that little bit of knowledge sway you too far into <laughs> certainly in a position of authority like me you know with my team i have to sort of stick sit back sometimes and go okay you like to say I, i'm not the most smartest person in this room this is a room full of people that know more than me you've got to trust them um unless you know you know that you've got red flags and red alert symbols going okay well this is a bad business move or this is a bad relationship move from the client then you've got to listen and learn. And sometimes that can be really difficult to just take your ego out of it and go, look, these people know what they're doing. Um, let them do it. <laughs> perfect. I think that is the perfect note to end on. So, Tom, 
if the listeners out there haven't found you already, where can they find you across the internet? And of course, listeners, before even Tom says anything, all the links for that will be in the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk, as you've come to expect from us here at Canda already. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, you can find it. So I'm going to be completely anti. I know we've talked about generalists, but everything that I do now is is, is SEO related. So I have, for all my channels, is um, I'm the SEO punk on uh, TikTok. I'm the SEO punk on Instagram. Um, you can find me at dmpunk.co.uk. My website's over there. And uh, yeah, I do have a new podcast that I'm starting up, which is the SEO Q&A. Go and search for it on everywhere that you get your podcast goodness from. <laughs> and um, I, yeah, just I, I suppose if you, I'm I'm one of these people, if I'd also on LinkedIn, I keep forgetting LinkedIn, Digital Marketing Punk, you can check that out as well. If you are in the industry and you are those specialists, I want to, I want to learn from you. I want to talk to you. I want to, I want to get to know you because that's how I do my thing. Um, and I love learning. So just reach out and chat and talk to me. Uh, I'd love to speak to you. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on, Tom. I really, really appreciate it. Jack, thank you so much for having me on. It is an absolute honor. And I was nervous because you have some like really smart people oh, yeah, on yeah. this. How do you think I feel? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but you're on that side of the table and I, you can just, you, you have all the questions in front of you. I've got to answer them. And I was like, you got some smart people and that was some big shoes to fill but thank you so much you made me feel so comfortable and thank you so much for having me on amazing thank you so much Tom. that about wraps us up for this week so thank you once again to tom marriott for joining me i thought it was a really really interesting conversation and a fantastic first interview to kick off 2023 with of course i will have plenty more interesting interviews with some fantastic guests coming up later on in the month and throughout 2023 as well of course, Mark and I will be back to talk the latest SEO and PPC news as well. And we'll be starting off our live streams with our partners over at Systrix later on this month as well. And we'll keep you up to date with all of those developments. I'll be back next week, of course, with another episode of Search with Canda. But until then, have a lovely week and thank you so much for listening.